0: if you have your bibles this morning i invite you to turn to matthew chapter six we sang this lord's prayer this morning and that's actually the passage we're going to be looking at when jesus taught his disciples how to pray and we're in this series right now this is the second week it's only two weeks long and it's entitled forgiven so this is part two last week we talked about how Jesus forgave Peter in the midst of all the mistakes that he made. He brought his grace into his life and reestablished him. There's work to do in the kingdom, and that grace came to Peter. And this particular week, so you think of that being vertical. Today we're going to look on this as a more horizontal level and when there's moments where we need to seek and establish forgiveness amongst ourselves. And so here we are in Matthew 6 looking at The Lord's Prayer and I want you to um, just join me right now in prayer because this is God's Word God speaks to us through his Word and so we're just gonna invite him to just settle our hearts right now to receive what it is that he has to say so would you bow your heads with me as we pray together Heavenly Father I thank you that we can come together around your Word and Father I pray that you would guide us and lead us at this time, and that your Spirit would speak to our hearts. Lord, we do thank you for your word and how it instructs us and guides us and leads us by your will and desire. So have your way. Settle our hearts now to receive from you. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Matthew 6. Starting in verse 9, Jesus says, In this manner, therefore, pray. He says, Our Father, in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Then he says this in verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That's where we're going to stop reading here. So we have the Lord's Prayer, teaching the disciples how to pray. And if I was to actually have a title for this other than Forgiven Part 2, the title would have been, As We Forgive. So there's a part that says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. There's an expectation here that Jesus lays out for us. That as believers in Christ, we should walk in this grace and this forgiveness with those around us. And he says, if you forgive men of their sins, I'll forgive you. But if you do not forgive men of their sins, it says, I will not forgive your trespasses. That's a pretty heavy verse right there. We like verse 14. Well, yeah, I mean, I I get forgiveness, and I give forgiveness, but then to read 15 and think, there's a strain that takes place in my life when I choose not to forgive. And so to illustrate this, I know I've done this before, but I need Uh, two men volunteers, so just real quick with the front here, Brian if you could help me out and Jack would you be willing to help me out? Is that all right? Okay come on up. So Jack if you'd stand right here for me please and Brian if you'd stand here. Um, So to just drive home the point here about the strain when there's unforgiveness in our life, okay if these guys were friends, let's just say um, each of you grab uh, a hand. Whatever would be easiest for you. There you go. Okay, so these guys, the relationship is here, and there's no strain. Okay? But if there's an issue that is, well, that's what you'd think, right? No, right? It's easy to think that if you just let go like that, the strain's gone, right? But the reality of what Jesus is driving home is that there is a strain that's present. And this strain will stay until you guys choose to have that lifted. Okay? And this strain, it's actually going to follow you into other relationships. You can't just lift your hand up and just expect that to somehow go away magically. Jesus is saying, if you forgive, I'm going to release that strain. Okay? Thank you, guys. Appreciate your help here. Yeah, we like to clap here, don't we? (laughs) So, the strain on relationships. I want to give you an example of this Um, just in a testimony that I heard recently. A couple weeks ago, I had the honor of listening to um, the linebacker, Mike Singletary, and some of you were also there that are in this room, and um, he and his wife were sharing over in Cherokee. Now, I'm a big Bears fan, and a lot of you would probably know that, and um, so you can feel sorry for me. And, um, but as a kid, I mean, I always grew up just, you know, in, this is a household name. This guy's a Hall of Famer, and he's a very intense linebacker. And um, he was sharing that night, as a, the Q&A time, he just happened to open up a little bit about his relationship with his own dad. And when he was real young, his dad left the family. And then shortly after that, he also lost a family member who would have been older and male. And so here he is like 12 years old and his mom sits him down and says, I want you to be the man of the house. I need you to do that. And so for him, he, you know, had to grow up really fast. And uh, years later, he felt like, I need to walk through forgiveness with my dad. And so he calls his dad up And um, tells him, Dad, I am calling because I need to forgive you. And his dad goes, for what? And obviously he said it was kind of a shouting match over the phone for about the next hour. It didn't go exactly the best. And it was after he won the Super Bowl when he realized this strain still walks with him. And so then he drives down to see his dad, and he's like, we're going to settle this. This has to be settled. And he told his dad, if I don't settle this, I'm going to carry this into every relationship that I have. We've got to settle this. And so there's a strain, and unforgiveness actually holds you captive and that strain follows you. It's almost like you're handcuffed. Okay, Sheriff Steve Nelson, come on up here. I've asked Steve to help me out here today. He brought with him some handcuffs. (laughs) So, there we go. Steve is gonna just handcuff me. You're not even giving me my rights, huh? Just nope. gonna go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any. Woo! Well, thank you. Should we auction off the key? Yeah, we're gonna auction the key off, he <laughs> says. Oh, Brady, okay. One dollar. <laughs> I'm gonna continue to preach with these on. It's a bit restrictive. You guys know I'm like I like to use my hands, right? So, it's going to be a little bit different here today. But unforgiveness holds you captive, does it not? It restricts you from truly being free in your life. And if you look at Colossians 3, 13, the Bible says that we should make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. And remember that the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive Others. And then in Ephesians 4, verse 32, the Bible says, Instead, be kind to each other, tender hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So we have an, uh, an example here Christ forgave us. That was last week, right? We understand His grace in our life, and so therefore we can extend that grace to others and jesus gave a parable the parable of the the unforgiving debtor and in matthew 18 he breaks this down talking about how the kingdom of god the kingdom of god is like this servant who comes before the king and this servant owes the king millions of dollars and so he comes before the king and the king tells him that he's going to have to sell him His wife, his children, and everything the guy owns to be able to make up for some of the debt that's owed. And the guy begins to just beg and plead, please don't, I mean, I'll I'll find a way to pay this off. I'll find a way. And the king finds compassion and pity upon this man. And he shows him a grace. And he forgives him. And he sends him off debt-free. Even though he owed him millions of dollars, he chose to show him grace. And as this parable is being told, who do you think that is in the picture of that story? Who's forgiven us of this incredible debt that we cannot truly pay? That's God. Well, the parable goes on that this servant that was forgiven so much goes to a fellow servant who owed him just a few thousand dollars. And he goes to that man and says, you owe me, it's time to pay up. I'm going to have you put in prison unless you're able to pay this. And the man begged, please don't, please don't, and he didn't show grace. He had the man put in prison. Well, some other servants happened to see this who knew that this man had been forgiven. They know there's something wrong here. And so they end up going to the king to tell the king, the servant you forgave millions just actually called somebody out for this debt that was like a fraction of what they had owed. And so the king brought that servant into his presence and called him out for this act. You know, you've been shown grace. Why can't you show grace And a much smaller amount. I mean, you think about what God has released us from and the grace that's in our life. He redeemed you from sin, death, and hell. And so for that, we live in response. We show other people grace. And that no matter what happens to me on this earth, it can't be as bad as actual eternal separation from god can it and so if he's redeemed me from that then i can show others it's it's the comparison of the million dollars and the thousand dollars i'm not saying i'm trying to minimize anybody's pain but the reality of it is is god has given us so much grace and he's asking us to show that grace in return c.s lewis says to be a christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. So because that grace has come into your life, you can show that grace to others. Now Jesus does give us an example here. I think one of the greatest examples here in Luke 23, verse 34. This is when our Savior is on the cross. Excruciating pain, torture, can't breathe, practically suffocating to death. They're mocking you. I mean, the list goes on and on while he is hanging there and he says these words, Father, forgive them. Even while he was being crucified. So we have Jesus' example here. You think, well, that's nice, Russ, but that's Jesus, right? Right? I mean, could you forgive people if they were killing you? Do you think you'd be able to do that? Well, we have an example that takes place later in the New Testament. The man's name is Stephen. And he's one of the first disciples that is recorded in Scripture here that's killed for his faith. And they get ready to stone Stephen... And as they're stoning him, that's what the scriptures say in verse 59 of Acts 7, as they're stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He falls to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. Do those words sound familiar? Now, how could Stephen say such a thing? in his own strength, and his own ability? No. I think that takes something supernatural, don't you? I mean, to be forgiving people who are taking your life? That takes something supernatural. And in Acts 6, verse 5, the Scriptures say, Stephen was a man that's full of faith and the Holy Spirit. So God is present in his life, and I'm telling you right now, You can forgive as a believer. You know why? Because Christ is in you. It is possible. You can forgive because Christ is in you, and that supernatural work is what allows you to to let those things take place. Hebrews 12, verses 14 through 15, the Scriptures talk about working at living in peace with everyone, And work at living a holy life, for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. And then it says this, Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. One thing about unforgiveness is it's almost like a poison. And it begins to erode your life. So you've got this strain. But I mean, I'm talking about how it affects your health. And it affects your peace of mind. You become more anxious. And even leading to bitterness where you have an attitude it's no longer grateful or thankful but just bitter and it says it's a poisonous root it actually can start to destroy your life and so it kind of leads you to the point where scripture is telling us what we ought to do when it comes to matters where there's issues or things that need to be resolved but the reality of it is it's things that you and I may not want to do It's a very difficult thing. It might be one of the most difficult things we ever have to do. And the mindset of our culture actually gives you and I permission to cling to our resentment, to our broken relationships, and our unresolved conflicts. But the Word of God holds us to a higher standard than what the world does. And God's saying we need to walk in forgiveness when Judah was real young I mean he's five so he's still real young but you know what I'm saying when he was really little um, and he would have a fever or something we would have to give him the dropper full of medicine and Brady and I we did not like that because he, he would turn into all out like screaming and like one of us would have to like hold him down and then we would try to put the dropper of medicine it was just like man, are all kids like this? And I know some aren't, okay? Some of you, it was like, here you go, and they're like, mm, that was good, you know? But like, for for us, it's just like, man, this is gonna make you feel better. Will you just take it, you know? It's not the end of the world, okay? But the reality of it is, when it comes to unforgiveness, we can squirm, and we can throw a tantrum, and we don't want that, because it's ucky, Right? It makes us uncomfortable, but the reality of it is, it's what we need. It's what we need to do. Christ knows what's best for us. And I want us to look at a passage here that this past week I saw this, I saw this passage differently than maybe I've ever seen it before. And I want to emphasize some things with this. So if you go with me to Matthew 5, it'll also be on the screen. We're going to read two verses. This is from the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is speaking to the crowd. And he takes a moment here to address resolving conflict. And in verse 23 it says, If you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar and go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Okay? Some translations might say you're presenting a gift. Okay, so I've got a little gift bag here. So just for illustration's sake, I'm gonna take my little gift like I'm going to the altar. And what this scripture is saying is that as you go to present your gifts at the altar and worship of the Lord, and you know you didn't all come with gift bags, okay? But you realize the gifts that we have, the talents, the abilities, the resources, the things that God has put in our life, right? And we bring these gifts to Him as an act of worship. And that verse is saying that when you go and then you remember that you've got a bit of an issue, it says leave your gift at the altar, right? Leave it there. And then go and be reconciled to your brother, And so, that strain is there as we're presenting that gift. Now, when I read the Lord's Prayer and the two verses that followed, the word forgive is a Greek word, and it's aphiomi. Maybe you've heard that before. Most likely not. We don't all speak Greek or study Greek, okay? But that word aphiomi can be translated into a few different things besides forgive okay and so looking at this particular passage this word epheame this Greek word is actually in Matthew 5 23 through 24 and when you read this passage you might look at this and say so what word is it that would be epheame what would be this word that's similar to forgiveness and our eyes would probably go to the word reconciled, right? I mean, that to me would make sense. But if you actually read this, that's actually a different Greek word. And the Greek word ephemi is actually the word leave. Leave. So when it says to leave your gift at the altar, that word is also known as the word forgive, which is interesting because how many of you know that if you're truly going to forgive someone, you've got to leave it. Not continue to pick it back up and walk around with it, but you've truly got to leave it. Let it go, leave it behind, dismiss, to cancel a debt, to give it up, to keep it no longer. Those are some of the the ways this word would be translated. And so we leave it. But the reality of it is for me to truly forgive and to leave something, I'm going to need some help. Right? I mean, I could try to break out on this, but I like my wrists, so I'm not going to try to bust these. I mean, I can, Steve. (laughs) Just to clarify. Okay? But the reality of it is, you, you can't. You can't. So we've got to ask for help. Right? And Christ is the one. Are you going to help me? <laughs> okay? So we ask God to help us. Right there. Actually, tell you what, tell you what, sit for a second. Okay, some of us, okay, we've got some freedom now, right? And we'll still let this hang. You know what I mean? And so we'll continue to live life with this thing attached to us. You know, I did, I did let it go, but yet it's still there. And so when we go to leave our gift and we worship the Lord, there's still something on us. And so we truly haven't let it go. And so let's try this again now. Again, we come to God. God, seriously, I need you to help me let this go. Now you're stuck. (laughs) No. Steve. (laughs) You set me up, didn't you? Okay, there we go. Okay, we'll make those locked again that way we don't ever go and put ourselves back into it Okay, but with that word leave being similar to forgiveness thinking about leaving your gift somewhere there's a certain point when it comes to unforgiveness where you go to God and his help to release you and you say I'm going to leave that I'm not going to pick it up again I'm not going to try to put it back on because I mean as I'm sitting here or standing and talking to you, I can still feel where they were on my wrists. And some people go so long in unforgiveness that that's what feels normal. And so they don't like the, the feeling here, so they go to like pick it back up again. Okay, but we leave it. Now look how free I am to go grab that gift and then present it at the altar the power of unforgiveness, what Christ does in our life allows us to truly walk through that and to forgive sets a prisoner free and you'll often discover that that prisoner was actually you. So let's walk through some application here very quickly. Just three points here. I think we can ask ourselves this question. God... Search me. Is there any area of my life where there's still unforgiveness that needs to be settled? So God, search me and show me then, Lord, how to actually reconcile this. Give me the wisdom, give me the insight to know how I can go about this. Because let's face it, if it's one of the most difficult things that people have to do, it's going to take God's help, and he's got to show us how to do this. So God, search me, show me, and then ultimately, Lord, do the supernatural here. You've got to help me let this thing go. And that's a grace of God. That's supernatural. And he will come, and he will help. He's faithful to do that. But you also have to be faithful to letting it go saying, I'm not going to continue to carry this any longer. Because Christ has set us free from sin, you think of the things he's done in your life and the grace and the, the peace that he's brought you we can extend that to others as well. Would you bow your heads with me as we close in prayer? (laughs) Heavenly Father, I thank you for your forgiveness that came through your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us on the cross so that we could be set free. Father, I pray that we would walk as people that that grace and forgiveness is present in their life. If there's someone listening right now that that has not received that forgiveness from you, first and foremost, realizing their need for Jesus to come and heal them, And I want to invite you to pray with me and receive Christ into your life. He died for you so that you could be set free from sin, pardoned from sin, forgiven from sin. He invites you to come. If you desire that relationship and that forgiveness in your life, would you just pray with me in your heart? Lord Jesus, Today I surrender my life. You hold the keys to the forgiveness of the sin in my life. And I ask that you would set me free. Please forgive me. Today I put my faith and trust in Jesus and what he's done for me on the cross. And I ask you to come and live in my life. To save me and to make me new. Father, I thank you for those who've maybe prayed that very prayer right now to receive you. And I ask, Lord, that you would minister to them from this day forward, helping them to know your presence in greater and greater ways each day. And Father, for all of us, living in response and light of the forgiveness that you bring, help us to be people who know how to forgive, people who show how to forgive, people that act on this, and we can leave those things that sometimes we want to hold on to, Lord, we can truly let them go. We thank you for this grace. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.